0: So this evening I was, a little while ago, was asked to talk about something. I don't know if I've ever given a talk on this, probably because it's not a real easy topic to talk about because there's so many different kind of views on what it means, how it came up, where it's, what its source is, and so on. But it's called the three turnings of the wheel, three kinds of teaching. There's also sometimes people using that particular model or metaphor. Also talk about fourth turning. I can speak a little bit to that maybe very little So just basically the first turning is is the the turning the basic teachings first teachings of the Buddha the uh, What's called the Agamas or the Agamas however you pronounce that word? I don't really know Uh, one of those two ways and uh, this has to do with the um, Talking about identity and talks about the the Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the links on the chain of existence, and all of the different relative kind of provisional teachings of the Buddha that kind of set the whole setup that has to kind of start before we, we actually start to begin to go into our fundamental preconceptions about everything. And then the uh, basically this is called the hinayana or the small vehicle. And the next uh, one, uh, second turning is generally the referred to as the Bodhisattvayana or the Mahayana, the great vehicle, and that has to do with relative and absolute bodhicitta, uh, um, wisdom, compassion. Lots of different teachings on this, uh, lots of different uh, sutras, and uh, the... F- Fundamental teaching there is that of emptiness, that everything is empty of what you think is happening there is uh, empty 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 So there's the first you could say there's no self or there's the identity part of it. There's it's empty of someone and then the next one is like it's not only that. It's empty of Something else. It's empty of other empty of everything And then the Third turning, not to make light of everything, but I'm not particularly scholarly. Maybe you've noticed that. Uh, There are scholarly pieces on this that are extremely erudite and complicated. And people who have that level of being able to work with concepts are able to turn this into a... I mean this descriptively. Descriptively, I don't mean it. Critically, but a chicken with many feathers. They might think it's a peacock. The third turning. both puts an end to everything, including the emptiness. Even the emptiness is full of its own emptiness. Or it's empty of its emptiness. Which means it's full. So it gets into an area where you're trying to use concepts to bring about an understanding of these different levels. Uh, This area is also referred to as luminous emptiness. Third turning. Buddha sometimes called Buddha nature. The... There are various texts that point to this. I think uh, the one is the Samyinamachana Sutra, which we've studied here. There are, which there are right now three or four translations in the world. There's one in French, and then there's several in English. John Powers, um, Thomas Cleary what's the other one? Keenan. Keenan. Is it John Keenan? So, and when we study that, we study all three of them because just makes it easier to know how hard it is because they all seem to say it a different way. Uh, no one seems to be real happy with any of the translations. I think they probably should translate it themselves. Um, I don't use this particular model even though I think about it occasionally because it, it in my own mind it, it changes quite a bit and it, it turns us back into some kind of conceptual platform for everything, which we can do a little bit. Uh, I've read a lot about this. Would that I had a good memory. You could just draw up this quote and that quote and this quote. I can't do that. So, on the other hand, if you're interested in pursuing this material deeply, there's a book by which I have read and studied and forgotten 99% of it uh, by Carl uh, Grunholzl, written about 10 15 years ago called The Center of the Sunlit Sky. I would recommend that book if you want to go further into this material or any any of the material of uh, those schools and the different ways that this is being taught. So maybe some questions might be good.
1: i have go. um, just been very curious about the three turnings. It seems like it's relatively easy to uh, have a conceptual understanding because there's so much material, but I'm wondering about practice, how the three turnings show up in our practice and how we can relate to our practice out of that.
0: I think uh, the, the model that we often use is the ground path and fruition. That could work with that some in some way. Um, I think it varies a lot. It's difficult to say, well, it should show up this way or we should use it this way or that way. More specific question if you have it. Not that that's not specific.
1: Um, Well, something that's coming up around that is as we study, it feels like it's easy to start trying to get your practice to fit into whatever you're studying. And I'm wondering if there's a way we can use the teachings to access our practice more directly.
0: So one of the things we do here, of course, as you all know, is we spend a lot of time on the cushion studying and we are meditating, we also spend quite a bit of time together as a community, as a group, studying the teachings together. <clears throat> uh, we actually study the the teachings that are the foundational texts for all of these teachings, uh, including we haven't studied the the Agamas for a while, or the what we did for a while studied the what Samyutta Nikaya and the do we just study the little. Mm-hmm. Some. So, um, some point we'll go back to those. So I think find a spot there, and there's just so much material. We try to try to bring. Uh, I try to create a situation where we can study as much as possible together. There's only so much time. But um, as far as how to bring that to your practice or to your your particular practice and someone else here, their particular practice, so there's the a sitting part of the practice or the, the intellectual part of the practice are gonna just look different. They're gonna work together differently. Some people are, are just naturally very, very conceptual and intellectual and so they might need to actually spend more time sitting. Someone else is uh, uh, not particularly intellectual and maybe has difficulty in that area, uh, they might want to spend more time having difficulty in that area. Um, I don't know if that addresses uh, your question in a way that you would like, but I'm all ears.
1: You've been giving a lot of talks on Just Observe. Yeah, only (laughs) ten. And I was wondering about how a teaching like that might Progress as our understanding changes.
0: Well, the whole idea with just observe is that, is to, is so far as you can, just receive what's ever coming your way. Um, and that is true with uh, with the studying conceptual, uh, the concepts in the the teachings. As when we notice them, one of the things we'll notice. Maybe right away, when especially when some teacher teachers, especially someone like Dogen, who talks out of both sides of his mouth, you know, speaks ultimately using what often using metaphors, speaks relative, speaks relatively and ultimately at the same time. It makes it kind of a, a crowded area for this ego, and what is to be observed there or received is the way you feel when you're when you're put up against that material rather than try to take that and back out of it into concepts and figure it out now if that happens naturally then fine go ahead and be conceptual about it but when when you one of the ways i talk about this when people ask especially in a private interview when they kind of complain about I get this i don't read this material i don't get it and i sometimes will say how do you think i feel i don't get it either so it's it's we have to be who we are, where we are, with whatever is arising, and sometimes that doesn't mean that we are going to have an understanding in the conventional sense of it. Um, so you might need to receive the very difficulty you're having in understanding that, living up to a standard of understanding that you feel that you would put your check mark on. Yes, now I understand this. The kind of understanding that needs to arise isn't particularly conceptual, it has conceptual qualities or attributes to it, but the fundamental understanding is without any um, discursive thought or elaborations around it about it. More?
1: I was wondering if, um, thinking about the first turning, the provisional teachings of the Buddha, what provisional understanding of just observe would be?
0: So I feel that it would be, just don't add. Don't do not do anything with whatever you're seeing. Quite often, we see something coming, we don't know what it is. We want to name it. We want to judge it. We want to evaluate it. We want to describe it. We want to make, make it somehow fit in on the milieu of our life as some kind of meaningful part that's coming. So we tend to, excuse me, we tend to, you could say, kind of blot out what it is, in order to, so that we can work with it uh, but, but then we're working with what we think it is or what we have imputed that it is rather than what it actually is. And so that <coughs> seems to be the process of, uh, And as I can tell, the way I'm feeling about this, the way you asked the question, is it's a process of slowly being more and more willing to look what is coming at you right in its face. And that is not comfortable. Because we, we we want a reference. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it threatening? Should I? Am I right? Am I wrong? Sometimes when people come to me with their practice about what's happening in their practice, they're having a great difficult, deal of difficulty in a particular area. I might say, "Good," and while I'm not saying good because I want them to suffer. I'm saying because I've been talking to them for a while. I know what I know the way in which they avoid, and when I, and the, the, basically saying um, this is what you're going to need to look at so I don't mean I'm happy that someone's suffering but I'm happy that they're at least not running away from this, they're going to look at it
1: Um, just to go into the next turning with emptiness how would the understanding of just observe show up through with an understanding of emptiness Mm -hmm.
0: sit down hold still, nothing happens and not add something on to that. Something should be happening. Uh, what usually will happen? And this is a simple way of saying it. We can you can ask this in probably five or six different ways, if not more. Might have a different response. Might have a different response to a different person. Rumi didn't like that answer. <laughs> more.
1: So when you're talking about emptiness and just observing, is is that?
0: when the observer is no longer there? When the observer is no longer there, you won't know that. Before you even start meditating, there's no observer. The fundamental truth is there's no observer. So eventually, by doing this, we begin to actually try to see who, who is doing the observing here. That's when we start to see the identity less
1: So I'm still trying to understand the idea of what it looks like with the understanding of emptiness to sit down and just observe. Is there? Is that even there anymore The just observe? Is that still functioning? Maybe somewhat.
0: If you're not pushing, you're not pulling, you know, aggression, passion, and you're not distracting yourself, then there isn't much happening. There really isn't anything to do. The path quality is to to observe that. But once you observe something, then what do you do? Something is moving your way, you receive it. That's why I often say, say all the time, just observe what's moving.
1: When sometimes I've heard the third turning referred to as the Buddha nature teachings, or... um, Yes. Could you say how just observe would appear in Buddha nature? Uh,
0: You wouldn't have anything else to do there's no the 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 fruition that you were looking for is uh, Is no fruition therefore it's called fruition. This is what's taught in the diamond sutra also It's it's there the the very very not the very Understanding of it not being there is completely full We get into something that in some teachings is called non duality not two. Can't find something else. Whatever you find, that's it. There isn't anything else but that. Uh, it, form and emptiness is a good one. The form is empty. Emptiness and form are samsara and nirvana. Yes. Uh, is emptiness of an observer, and nothing to do different experientially? Could be.
1: He's asking questions about how it looks like on the cushion as far as the the, t, uh, the three turnings and with the, the nothing to do. How does that show up in the
0: post-meditation? You know, it varies. It could be all kinds of different ways. More specific questions. Because what is nothing to do? Well, there was something to do, now there's nothing to do. <laughs> so, again, it's, it's something that I talk about quite a bit as a contrast. The, the, the contrast is very interesting to, to look at in your own mind. One of the contrasts that begins immediately with any practitioner is they notice how um, they have they sit for a while and feel really terrible and it's really terrible they can't do it and then another time they sit that it's totally fine there's nothing happening they don't care if they sit or they don't sit and then then if they start to grasp onto that a little bit then that other feeling comes back this is terrible i don't want to be here anymore i don't like meditating i must be meditating wrong continually abandoning whatever is arising for something else or some idea about what's happening
1: we were talking beforehand in the sambhi Sutra talks about one path, um, that the three paths, there are three turnings are actually just one. Yeah. How, what does that mean? What does it mean for those to be one path?
0: You may have to be working with, uh, you know, with the, uh, the first turning, second turning, or even third turning. You may have to be doing that before you realize that those are not separate from each other. It's just another way of Saying that nothing is separate from anything else. It's just so broken up into parts that we have to start somewhere. So we start with, uh, if we stumble into the teachings of the Buddha, we start with uh, uh, the, the teachings on uh, on what, what identity is and how that works. Passion, aggression, ignorance. How we use those three poisons to kind of continually protect and support some kind of imaginary... Uh, Identity that causes us to identify with this body-mind complex as being us. We actually think we are this Who we are is uh, um, Is not limited to this uh, um, Bag of stuff That is that is going down as we're born we live for a while we deteriorate we go back into the elements to put it bluntly but who we actually are doesn't go anywhere
1: quality to the Hinayana Mahayana and so forth.
0: I think there is. There's progressive to all of that. There's progressions that happen on all of those levels. Like in the uh in the um uh, you know, Sutra where they talk about the three natures. You know, there being we, we have to have some kind of understanding of uh, of the imaginary nature, parikalpata of how the imaginary nature is covers up or changes or put something on the dependent nature of our tantra, which is just dependent origination. Put something on that to personalize it, makes it look like there's somebody here and there's some experience happening here and we're having success over here, but this area here is not working so well. And there's this constant chatter going on, reifying this, validating this, criticizing that. And then when we used to use those three natures, when we then we start to get maybe some flashes that there really isn't anything to do about anything. There's this intense feeling of dissatisfaction, second noble truth of the Buddha. Life is suffering. So we're not going to get rid of the suffering. You're not going, to get, not going to get rid of anything. You don't need to get rid of anything. You need to see what it fundamentally is. And what is it? Dependently arisen. And when you see that it's dependently arisen, there isn't anything to do because there isn't anyone to do anything. This doesn't mean there isn't a consciousness, this doesn't mean there isn't a light shining in one's eyes. It, do, it doesn't mean that, that the situation that is as it is here isn't there. It's just that it's not separate. There's no separate entity.
1: I was wondering about, um, I've heard sitting meditation referred to as a Hinayana practice. And I was wondering how um, how so how, how meditation is considered a provisional depending on a practice. I,
0: I think just because it's you sit down and you just stop adding and subtracting dividing, you don't do anything. you just sit down and you watch the confusion of the mind. So you're actually watching the way the three poisons work until you get a, a feeling of that. You watch the way that there seems to be someone who's disturbed or someone who's happy, or someone who's neutral, to simplify it. you and, and you you continue to look at that, and then at some point you begin to see that there's something fishy about that whole thing. So that, so it's provisional in that we, we're we just working with the basic situation that we have, and we're simplifying it down to so that we can prioritize the awareness itself. We don't use the thinking process. Later on we get up off the cushion, we go and we look at the text and we read um, the 12 links in the chain of existence, we see the way the conceptual uh, construct of how how dependent origination works, starting with, uh, with uh, uh, vidya, uh, ignorance, up uh, through the, the links to sickness, aging, and death, of the last one. So then we, we look at that, we study that, and then we come back and we sit, and we watch the way those things start to happen in our own mind. Things are created, that we grasp at things, we reject things, or we ignore them. And that keeps them uh, having their kind of illusory quality of being something we should be afraid of, something we should grasp onto, or something we don't care about more. The
1: Hinayana, my understanding is it kind of works with right and wrong, like the Buddha's original teachings of is precepts and what you should and shouldn't do. do so it seems like it inherently has a practice quality you're practicing to get somewhere can you practice emptiness or or buddha nature
0: so the practice there and the and the, the uh, emptiness there uh, wisdom compassion the bodhisattvayana of uh, relative ultimate bodhicitta has different Ways of working with that Uh, Maitri Bhavana as a way of extending oneself to others deliberately turning around the self-centeredness that wants everything for Themselves and turning that around and wishing Hoping that others have benefit as a way of turning the mind around that way Um, (coughs) As far as uh, as far as third turning uh, practices, uh, there are some. There are some that claim that uh, I think it was a, a Western Lama, whom I I probably shouldn't mention the guy's name. But anyway, he sa- uh, says that Zogchen is third, his fourth turning teachings. So some, after a while, it just gets kind of tedious, you know, for people to read. And then someone else said, no, that's not really the case. Or if you go back and read. If you want to read someone who's very, very opinionated, uh, Kappa, the the founder of the, the Gelugpa order, basically, he's very, really smart and really... <laughs> uh, Jeffrey Hopper, Hopkins has translated, I think, probably everything that uh, Kappa has uh, written. But he's basically, it's basically a Prasangika Madhyamika teaching. It's basically, he is not about third turning teachings, he's about, or he might call what he's saying third turning teachings. I, I don't know. I'm not a scholar, so I don't keep track of all this conceptually, but I know enough about it to know that that's a, that's a very definite uh, kind of a disagreement between, say, the, the Kagyu tradition and the um, Galugpa, uh between shantong uh, Rongtong um, uh, or empty of self, empty of other, so the shantong uh, the wrong tongpas say that um, uh, that uh, everything is uh, uh, fundamentally uh, empty of self. So this is uh, I think I got it right and somebody will let me know, I'm sure. <laughs> And, uh, and the other one is uh, empty of other. It means that, there, that not only that there's no, that even the emptiness is, is, is not a, you can't take a position on it. This is what the third turning teachings are about. My understanding of it, not because I have an intellectual understanding of it, because I just understand it. And when I say understand it, it's not an actual understanding. Because if it were, then I could be a scholar too. And it's, uh, it's more just seeing that things are not separate from anything else. If you begin to see that, you, the concepts can be there, and you might say, well, yeah, that seems okay, but you don't necessarily need them to back up what you understand. That's why you could attain liberation without any teaching. Unlikely. But the truth is a truth. It doesn't depend on on some lineage in ancient Tibet or Japan or China or India, for that matter. The Buddha just happened to discover something and began sharing it with others. People break it down into different ways of working with it. Go ahead
1: is it necessary to work with our own confusion before we extend ourselves to others i think it happens
0: at the same time and with each person it's a little bit different some people are just naturally want to help everybody
1: they should do that
0: but they should also not leave not use that as a way of covering up their own you could say inner work that they they're able to hide out from it because they're so busy helping others that they the problem with that is that if they get into any deep trouble out here and they have areas in themselves they haven't really looked at, this starts to resonate with that and then they get the, the aggression, unexpected, uninspected aggression themselves mixed up with the aggression in the world or with the confusion in the world and they project their own aggression out onto the world. Just a way of talking about it. That might not happen at all. And whereas someone else uh, might, might spend more time just working on themselves. Might not necessarily go out. There are ways. Uh, um, uh, Shanti David talks about. Uh, excuse me, and also Atisha's Seven Points of Mind Training talks about tonglen practice, exchanging oneself for others while riding the breath. Sending when your out breath goes out, your when your in breath comes in, you're taking in all the negativity of the world, and when the out breath goes out, you're 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 transmuting that into. Um, compassion wisdom and sending it out to the world just a very mechanical way of making things uh, irritating to the ego i don't I don't really teach that so much I would teach it individually to people I practiced it myself quite a bit but I don't really think it's a general practice that everyone should be doing. I think people really need to just be working with their awareness as much as possible. Maitri Bhavana is okay because then you're not sucking in negativity. Sucking in negativity uh, can maybe be uh,
1: problematic. With a practice like Maitri Bhavana, um, it, it kind of shows up as a practice for others, um, yep. and I'm wondering how it, how it is relating to others outside of our own minds if that's what you're reading you're relating to others as you understand them
0: yeah. there are no others I don't mean to be cute here I'm just saying that there is a tremendous separation going on people are all over the world billions wasn't it 750 billion I know you counted them once and was tell me about it so well, there you have it we've got all this happening but the, 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 we just have to meet it where it's at which is in our own mind We, we there's no way to even think about that other than just a projection about it so we relate to the projection which is not separate from the actuality which is not separate from the projection go ahead
1: does the actuality have different characteristics than the projection?
0: it won't matter
1: of course it would have just like these are the
0: same right? right?
1: So you don't know what to say. <laughs> Is the projection we relate to in our own minds during a practice like Maitri Bhavana any different from the projection when we're actually interacting with the physicality of another? Yeah.
0: Fundamentally not, but it's probably going to look different for maybe maybe quite a while until it doesn't, and then it can do anything it wants. Then then it can just do anything. Because you're no longer protecting anybody. You're no longer protecting an isolated consciousness from everything else. You're not threatened by anything. If, if anything, you're supported by everything because you're not separate from it. It's like being a grain of sand. Go ahead.
1: How are we able to help others when the situations are still laminated with our projections?
0: Well, if you can ask that question, that means you've been looking at them. And I would say, just keep going. Quite often the conceptual understanding precedes uh, the the awakening or the 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 understanding that doesn't have any understanding
1: anything. Can a conceptual understanding be not understanding the concepts?
0: Could be. One is hang- fixated on or hanging on to it or opposing someone else or uh, some other idea. That's why it's like, when I say there's just so many different ideas and speculations on, like, like judgments of uh, uh, Etienne Lamotte's, uh, the Frenchman who translated the Samdhi Narvashana Sutra, judgments of that one as opposed to John Power's translation. It's just, I mean, they're just opinions, people's opinions on, ideas on things. I think it's quite humorous of myself. I don't even speak French. Even I know somebody's French, so... <laughs> Further questions, please? Yes, sir? Um, you said the first and the second teaching um, correspond with Hinayana and Mahayana. Does the third turning have a yana that it corresponds to? Well, sometimes it said it has been said as the Vajrayana. Sometimes the Vajrayana is thought as fourth turning. So you know, it's kind of speculation. People would justify why they're saying it that way because of this and this and this. But it would be to me, it's just not locking down on the emptiness teachings of uh, of uh, Nagarjuna, uh, and you know, for uh, this is how does it go? Somebody recite it for me. Not this, not that, not both, not
1: neither. Yeah, the
0: fourfold negation. Not this, not that, not both, not neither. That's like empty. It just wipes everything else. And then, and then realizing if you can make that statement, that it's also empty of what was just said. You fundamentally can't find anything separate, or you could say you can't find anything. A question came up in the book study today where um, bodhicitta came up, what's the difference between bodhicitta and buddha nature? So um, you could say that bodhicitta, relative and absolute bodhicitta is kind of a relative bodhicitta is the expression of buddha nature. You know, there are different words that are talking about something that, it, that is the same thing but might function or be, be better understood in different ways by using other, you know, the, the bodhi mind, the mind of awakening. So that's... Um, one can begin to experience bodhicitta as just a, a wish to awaken, a, a, some kind of understanding that one could actually see the fundamental truth of everything and having that that, that uh, aspiration of bodhisattva path. Especially if you start to see there isn't anyone here and then you see all, you're not doing spending too much time with your own suffering anymore. It's still there, you're still suffering, but there, there's no solid person there, so nothing lasts very long. Whereas everywhere else, people are, have got their head way up their armpit and they're miserable and And not only are they miserable but they're they're so miserable they're they're hiding their misery by torturing others. It's called blame you, you can actually get rid of something by if you can accuse someone else the interesting thing is even if they did something else, the very blaming situation just is so circular so the person who actually say committed some difficulty or some bad thing that you're blaming um they're also, insofar as there's anyone there at all, are the victim of causes and conditions that are untraceable and unstoppable more. Um, it's often talked about that everyone has or everyone is Buddha nature. Are there people that don't have bodhicitta? I, I don't think there. You, can't, you couldn't say that there are people that don't have it. There are people who are extremely confused and extremely terrified, and they're so terrified they don't know they're afraid. (coughs) We all know people who act in such a way that you can see that they they don't know that they're afraid because they're so covered up with their their wonderfulness or their accomplishment or their pride or their all of that. They don't realize that underneath that is intense uh, fear. And the fear can, and once that covering, and covering it is temporary, Its body only lasts so long, so once that starts to collapse, uh, there's no not threatening anything, not saying that you're going to get your just comeuppance for all this pretense that you've been living under. But causes and conditions, it's hard to say what happens. There's a good possibility that one would have to experience, eventually experience that fear. Or maybe not, maybe there's a um, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. But you got to have some place to spend it. Anybody here ever spent a pot of gold? Nope, I guess not. pots, and gold, Acapulco gold. Mm. Anybody heard of that? <coughs> I should be quiet before I get in trouble. I <laughs> <laughs> in trouble <coughs> Yes?
1: What is communication when there are no others?
0: Um, well, you just spent uh, two weeks in solitary retreat. What was it like? Any chatter going on? Any listener going on? Was there a chatterer and a listenerer? Isn't that interesting? And yet there's only one person. Or was there somebody else in retreat? Somebody else in retreat with you? Of course. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> Got me. I, I think it's just uh, the dimension of being, having, uh, allowing things to move. as a very simple way that I, I can say it to you right now, that you can begin to understand this right now, tonight. Whatever arises in the mind stream, just receive it. That's communication. Just listen. It, it doesn't matter whether the uh, information is, uh, is information or whether it's important or whether it feels bad or whether it's rough around the edges, no matter what it is. The world can't be generous to you unless you begin to receive this incredible gift of what this is. I'm not trying to be all uh, highfalutin about it. Quite often we actually turn down the very thing that we're asking for. We you want, to, you want to attain enlightenment? Then please begin to look at what's in the way. Is there any truth in our projections? Well there's some. It's called relative truth. Ultimately, no. Because it's not separate. So it's not separate from anything else. So the the whole plus and minus the whole personality of winning and losing or living and dying or any polarity is gone. We we actually begin to see that in, in you begin to see that in your life in your own, the things that are happening in your life. Ego does not want to see that, because it doesn't re- reinforce the self-centeredness.
1: In the ultimate
0: sense, does that make projections false? True and false is is beside the point. When, it, when you're talking about the ultimate, we're talking about ultimate truth. Is that what you're asking about? Yeah. Then, Then everything else is just black and white its just the way ultimate truth breaks down the parts black white up down back forth right wrong live living dying uh, all the polarities you can think about find a polarity that doesn't have an opposite you find one can you make a statement about anything that doesn't have some other statement saying it can't be done it's just i don't know what it would be our mm-hmm. uh, projections just contrast to yes yeah we we put the self-centeredness out of hope and fear or some kind of paranoia the seventh consciousness as is talked about in the yogachara tradition and talked about in the, what we're talking about there, the Samdhinirmochana Sutra, uh, the eighth consciousnesses. The seventh is the one that thinks something's just the paranoid part of the consciousness that shrinks into a protective layer. I saw that yawn. It's not going to stop me. I'm going to keep right on going. Yes. More about that. Shut sure up. Can I ask the same question again? Yes. yes. Are projections just contrast? What did I say the first time? I don't remember. That's why I asked. <laughs> <laughs> My memory must have rubbed off on you or something. Can um, I ask that again? Projections contract. Yes. And that was what I said the first time, wasn't it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) She takes notes.
0: (laughs) I said yes. Lie number 23, lie number 24. Not line, lie. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Further questions? Got a few minutes left. Yes. Michelle.
1: So earlier, when you were talking about, uh, let's say we're sitting in book study, and Bill Waldron's "The Buddha Unconscious" comes up. And Bill I'm, Waldron, "The Buddha
0: Unconscious." We still studying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Bill. Let's
1: <laughs> And I'm sitting there, and I'm not grasping a lick of anything. <laughs> And I am just what you're suggesting is just to sit there and just notice how I'm kind yeah. of rejecting or just kind of just being like, eh, this just I just not I'm getting this and there's really nothing there to really understand.
0: What's happening is your 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 understanding of understanding is beginning to change. Your 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 understanding mm-hmm what you impute the whole idea of understanding is or, or not. That's why the whole idea of giving young people tests and so on, just so, such a misunderstanding of human intelligence. It's just a very low-level uh, materialistic approach to it. Uh, so, yes, just be be aware of your inability to grasp things in the way that maybe the person right next to you, who seems to be very, very good at, Reading this and then maybe paraphrasing that, you know, like Professor Waldron is, you know, quite the adept at that. Just like Bruce is very good. Bruce Nelson is very good at taking the material that he's talking about, asking questions about it, and he can respond in, without leaving that language and going into something else. He can actually use that language because of his ability to do that, not even complimenting them, these men. Just saying that it's just something they're able to do. Part of it is being born with that ability and another is working on it for years and years. So but what you're experiencing is totally uh, totally appropriate. Some people may not have what you're having. some people may have another version of that. But reading something, a text, especially in Buddhism, because it's it's always getting ready to take you off the deep end. It's talking about uh, uh, emptiness teachings or uh, a Buddhist unconscious, the way that works with uh, the, the, the eight uh, uh, forms of consciousness and so on. Uh, it's always moving you towards a deeper and deeper understanding of it. So your sake of frustration over that is actually how it feels to learn that. It doesn't mean you're necessarily going to get added on little tidbits of information you can memorize so you can pass a task. You already know that. But I'm saying just stick with the frustration. Difficult, but I think it's important. That's why we do so much of that studying here, because that part of the that part of our our thinking process, our mind needs to be, needs to be exercised in that way. We need to go in there and, see, and, and feel the, the intellectual muscles in that area are, are not quite often challenged, We're not used to using those because they, they work a little bit differently than just uh, the general uh, straightforward logic. Logic works, too, up to a point. Yes?
1: There's a lot of the time um, that I ask you a question or have an interview, and I don't remember what you said right after. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, what's the teaching there for me to receive?
0: Bad memory? <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking after my teacher. <laughs> uh, it's probably uh, some distraction going on there, just to notice that that's happening. Probably some something that's happening in the mind that you're not particularly tracking, but you're realizing after you realize that you have forgotten that. I forget stuff constantly, but I think part of that is a low IQ level and also very, very old. Yeah. Where did I get that backwards? (laughs) Transcendental dyslexia. Yes. Does understanding depend on content? Well, a little bit. Initially, the the first uh, the first uh, provisional teachings and so on is very much about that. To start with, you have to start with some kind of agreed upon situation. Life is suffering. The cause is the desire. The goal in the path, or the four four marks, uh, three marks, four marks of existence: suffering, impermanence, uh, no self, and uh, peace. Any, one final question if you have it? Excellent, thank you so much.
1: So we'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our red champ books. I'd like to remind everybody about the donation boxes that are in the hallway. We always appreciate and depend on your financial support. so that we in every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. the Ten Directions and the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Soku Koji Buddhist Temple Monastery, our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light.